What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always. I have a lot of topics for you guys. I have some news I want to give you guys. I'm going to get right into these topics right before we get into the episode. I have been working on a video, watching some game tape for the YouTube channel, which I link on every future episode on this podcast, so you can go and follow that YouTube channel. Uh, There's only one video. It was of the pod that I did recently with the Broward Legacy Group, Uh, but uh, also in that YouTube channel, there will be other content like breakdowns, which will be my first one, Uh, breaking down Blake Wesley. The San Antonio Spurs first round 25th pick uh, combo guard out of Notre Dame. He happens to be the full focus of these San Antonio Spurs. Got a lot of action. I have a lot of things I'd like to talk about uh, when it comes to him. Obviously, that video should be out this weekend. I will keep you guys posted. I do have some other topics I want to get into on this episode. We have NBA training camp around the corner. The preseason's around the corner. CBS Sports came out with a top 100 list of NBA players. On this episode, I'm going to be discussing what I feel about the top 10 and where they're ranked. We have some news about Robert Sarver apparently going to be selling the Phoenix Suns. And we have some Kyrie headlines. But let's get right into it. So the NBA season is upon us. We have training camp opening for all NBA teams September 27th. We have the official preseason, which starts September 30th. I mean, the NBA is right around the corner and I'm excited. This is going to be the first official NBA season for the podcast. I'm going to be covering as much as I can uh, in terms of important storylines, things that happen around the league and a lot, a lot of stuff. And I'm also going to have to be doing a uh, some separate content for the YouTube channel, which I was explaining to you guys. Uh, I want to get into this first topic of the episode, which I thought was probably the the more uh, the more intriguing part to me, uh, and that's the CBS Sports uh, Top 100 list, right? More importantly, uh, more specifically, the top 10 that I'm looking at here, and it starts right here at number one uh, with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Right. Um, I'm looking at the reasons for the rankings, and I've heard some uh, podcasts from CBS Sports directly, and basically they explain it as this is not about resume and what's been done before. This is about where the players will be projected next season. But after after I hear that, I also think to myself, well, if that's the case, if this is about projecting what's going to happen next season then I do have a little bit of, I have a few issues with this list, but I don't have an issue with the number one on this list, right? Uh, A lot of people talking about how it should have been Steph Curry at number one, uh, because obviously, you know, finals MVP, he has the championship run, uh, you know, they win without KD. And so, you know, I understand that as well. Um, But I do agree with Giannis at number one. I, I do agree with it because... You're looking at a guy that he is just a lock for all NBA. Um, And not only that, I mean, this is a guy that plays both sides of the floor. Not really someone that I really want to debate too much about because I agree with Giannis Antetokounmpo at number one. 
And clearly, this is just a stat machine. If you have this guy on your fantasy list or or on your favorite team, right? I mean, you're very comfortable, <laughs> right, for the outcome of your season. So, you know, I don't have any trouble. I don't have any problem with him being number one. Clearly, probably the best two-way player in the NBA, uh, other than maybe a healthy Kawhi Leonard, right? In terms of a two-way player, right? Elite on on offense, elite on defense. I I will say that Giannis is elite offensively because, I mean, he averages nearly 30 points a game. So even if he's not elite in terms of versatile ways to score the ball, he puts the ball in the basket <laughs> at a high clip. And so, you know, he's going to rebound well. He's going he's gonna to obviously put the team on his back in terms of defense. He really does everything for the Bucs. So number one in the NBA, I can't argue that. I want to move on to the next player here. So Steph Curry, let me read you what it says here uh, for Steph Curry. It says, Curry proved he's still arguably the best player in the world in terms of pure impact. Even in what goes down as the worst shooting season of his career, the 34-year-old turned the Boston Celtics inside out and led the Warriors to another NBA title with Andrew Wiggins as his lone all-star teammate. It's hard to imagine Curry shooting 38% from three again. It's even harder to imagine him shooting 43.7% overall, which was somehow a worse mark than even Russell Westbrook. Assuming a return to normal Curry, another MVP-level season should be in store. Now, that's what it says for Steph at number two. I want to move on to the number three here. They have Kevin Durant, right? And this is what they list for him. They say, trade demands and Twitter activity aside, Durant is still arguably the best pure scorer in the game. He ranked in the 79th percentile or higher in isolation, pick and roll, spot up and post up scoring last season, according to Synergy Sports, the true definition of a bucket getter. What takes Durant to the next level, however, is his continually improving playmaking ability. He averaged a career-high 6.4 assists per game last season and led all forwards in points per possession, including assists, according to Synergy. Uh, at nearly 7 feet tall, Durant, who turns 34 September 29th, is as unstoppable as offensive players come. Now, that's their list so far, right? They have Giannis at, at number one, they have Steph at two, KD at three, and they list here Nikola Jokic, number four right? Uh, this is what it says for Nikola Jokic. Last season, Jokic led the league in touches for the fourth straight year. Unlike virtually everybody else who gets the ball that much, though, he doesn't hold on to it for long. Jokic calls himself slow and patient, but his moves are quick and decisive. He's a dominant enough scorer to command double teams, but far too deadly a passer for that strategy to be effective. With their second and third best players sidelined, the 2021-22 Nuggets scored 117.3 points per 100 possessions when Jokic was on the court, a mark that would have led the league that season or any other one. And while some players declined defensively with increased usage, Jokic has gone the other way, becoming more Mark Gasol-like every year. The reigning back-to-back -back MVP finished 8th in total deflections and consistently baited players into low percentage shots. Awesome, right? So Jokic at number four there. Number five, Luka Doncic. And this is what it says. In each of the last two seasons, Doncic has finished first in the league in usage percentage. And in three of his four NBA seasons, his usage percentage has been above 35%. That's rare air. 
as it puts him tied for second all-time for most seasons with such a rate, along with the likes of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and James Harden. With the Mavs losing Jalen Brunson and not adding an additional ball handler behind their two lead guards, Doncic's usage could reach the levels of what we saw with Russell Westbrook in his 2017 MVP season. It'll be a tall ask of the 23-year-old superstar, but we've seen Doncic elevate his game to astronomical levels when he's needed the most. So Luka Doncic at number 5 on this list. Number 6, Joel Embiid, and this is what it says. Embiid was again arguably the most dominant player in the league last season as he became the first center to lead the league in scoring since Shaq in his prime. And there's no reason not to expect the same from the Sixers big man during the upcoming campaign. Having a legitimate offensive threat like James Harden alongside him could work to help open things up a bit for Embiid, who can literally do it all on the offensive end. Embiid is also an elite defender at the center spot. Embiid was the runner-up for MVP for the second consecutive year last season, and as long as he can remain healthy, he should be right back in the thick of that conversation. Right, so that's Joel Embiid at number six. Number seven, they have LeBron, and this is what it says about LeBron. Let's all take a moment to marvel at the fact that LeBron was in position to win the NBA scoring title until the final week of the regular season. He is 37 years old. He dealt with injuries to his knee, ankle, and abdomen during the season. And according to B-Ball Index, the nonsensical Laker lineups he was featured in ranked in just the 26th percentile in terms of perimeter shooting. LeBron has lost his spacing, his youth, even his health, and he still came just a few games away from leading the NBA in scoring. What more is there left to say? Father Time's undefeated record is in serious jeopardy as long as King James still wants to play basketball. Uh, so that's LeBron at number seven. We have Kawhi. It's been a while since we've seen Leonard, so I encourage you to revisit his 45-point masterclass against Dallas in the 2021 playoffs. Like other top-tier scorers, Leonard routinely makes the kind of shots that demoralize a defense. He can create space with his dribble, but space doesn't seem all that important for him. I agree with that. One of the greatest tough shot makers who has ever lived, as long as Leonard can get the shot off, it feels like it's going in. The most amazing thing about him, though, is that even if he never created any offense whatsoever, he would still be worth more than $20 million per season. Leonard is a dead-eye spot-up shooter, a renowned board man, a terror in passing lanes, and when the situation demands it, a lockdown one-on-one defender. In that same game against Dallas, he defended Luka Doncic as well as anyone ever has. Given what happened after the first serious injury of his career, I don't doubt his ability to come back from a torn ACL. So that's what they say about Kawhi at number eight. Number nine, Jason Tatum. We're almost at the end of this list, guys. Remember, it's 10 people. So number nine, Jason Tatum. This is what they say. After spending a few years knocking on the door of the league's elite club, Tatum's performance last season finally gained him entrance. He registered career highs across the board, finished seventh in scoring, led the league in defensive win shares, made first team all NBA, and took the Celtics to within two wins of their first title since 2008. As the finals showed, however, he still has plenty of room to grow, particularly in regards to his decision-making on offense, I've talked about that on this podcast, and his ball handling, though he clearly was hampered in the latter stages of the playoffs with a fractured wrist. Still only 24 years old, and now even more valuable experience under his belt, Tatum should come back even better this season. That's great news for the Celtics and terrible news for the rest of the league. That's what they say about Jason Tatum, where they listed at number nine. 
And the last guy on this list, um, which I'm honestly not surprised by, I don't know if a lot of people would have him on their top 10, but just from the stats and what he's done, really, I, I, I guess I can't really disagree with it. Uh, they have Jimmy Butler at number 10, and this is what it says. No more sleeping on Butler as a superstar. You could argue there aren't more than seven or eight guys you'd rather have on your side in a playoff series. Since arriving in Miami, Butler has taken a more pass-heavy approach in the regular season before turning up the scoring in the playoffs. Butler puts his defenders on ice with pump fakes and footwork, and he drew a foul on over 20% of his shot attempts last season. When you convert 87% of your free throws, that's, creamy, that's creeping into prime James Harden territory. So what do I think about this list, right? Immediately, I start to compile my own, right? And, and when I bring this list up, I, I do want to note that I am just using the same 10 players that are in this top 10, okay? I don't want to change it up and grab people from 13 or 14. Uh, I tried looking around, and I agree with the people on this top 10 list. I don't agree with the order, and that's where I'm going to start. So number one, I agree. Giannis Antetokounmpo, number one, you know, probably the best two-way player in the league, puts the team on his back on both ends of the floor, plays almost, basically plays every game, and he plays, he never gives up on any possession. So yes, Giannis, number one, I agree. Steph, I also agree with Steph Curry at number two, obviously the finals MVP, uh, recent champion of the NBA. So yes, he has to be number two, in my opinion, just because of that alone, right? He is the defending champ this season, so I have Steph number two. Uh, number three is where I start to kind of change things around. So I see that they have KD, but I cannot put KD in, in third place ahead of the NBA MVP, which is Jokic, right? I'm putting Jokic ahead of KD because Jokic was the MVP. He had worst teammates, in my opinion, and he really put them on his back and, you know, still made the team really competitive. Um, I think that Jokic had an awesome season. He deserved the MVP, and that's why I'm awarding him with the third spot here ahead of KD. So we move on, right? At number four, they had uh, Jokic, right? But obviously, I took Jokic. I put Jokic third. So next, uh, I'm not putting KD either. Um, I'm actually putting Joel Embiid at number four here. Why? Because he's second place in MVP. And as you, as you heard from that explanation that I was reading from the quotes for the reasonings behind why the players are ranked where they're ranked is obviously, like I said, he led the league in scoring, right? And the first center since Shaq to do it, right? In Shaq's prime. Uh, the stats were out of control. He put the team on his back, was arguably an MVP player last season, right? Uh, second place. That's two times in a row that he's second place in MVP. So, so far, my list is Giannis, Steph, Jokic, because he was the MVP, uh, Embiid, second place in MVP, and then at fifth, right? Are you thinking I'm putting KD fifth? No, and I'll tell you why. I'm putting Luka Doncic fifth, a guy that had an amazing run all year long, has a deep playoff run. And just honestly, the, just the horse that drives this team, you know, he is just transcending the Dallas Mavericks day by day, season by season, you know, KD, I know it's a team game, you know, but you know, getting swept in the first round versus getting to a conference finals and being in the MVP voting. 
I mean, that's, you know, I can't, I can't put KD ahead of Luka with the things Luka's doing for these Mavs. You know, I, I, I really, I really can't devalue that. You know, I, I, I hold a lot of stock in Luka when it comes to that. So yes, I have Luka fifth um, and sixth. This is where I have the swapping, right, as well. So you would think I have KD there, right? But just in my opinion, it has nothing to do with the Lakers. I would just honestly, I know that Kevin Durant is the better offensive player, but I have LeBron sixth here. I just think that LeBron brings what much more to a team than Kevin Durant does. I mean, I don't know how you could even argue that. You know, passing, defending, rebounding. Obviously, it's gonna it's gonna go down a little bit because LeBron's older and KD's older. But you know, as players, I mean, I understand KD is the bigger threat. He's the more skilled. NBA player, right? Um, in terms of offense, but the total package, I, I would have to put LeBron, right? So I have LeBron uh, sixth, right? And then KD seventh. Uh, so far, my list is Giannis, Steph, Jokic, right? Embiid, then Luka, then LeBron at six, then KD at seventh. Uh, and then I have actually, so I see Kawhi ahead of Jason Tatum, and I'm not going to do that. Tatum was just in the finals and Kawhi's coming back from a torn ACL. You know, I, if you ask me who the better player is, I'm going to tell you Kawhi is the better player. Um, but in terms of projection, what I think is going to happen, I, I do think that Tatum is just going to do more, you know, um, I, that's just how I feel about it. I think that Jason Tatum, obviously, um, you know, younger, not any crazy injuries that he's coming back from really. And, you know, I just think he's going to produce more, um, especially since the responsibility is a lot bigger. You know, the team's not as deep as the Clippers is going to be next season. So I swapped those guys. So I have Tatum ahead of Kawhi at number eight, and then I have Kawhi at number nine because I can't put Kawhi ahead of any of these other guys on the list. You know, and Kawhi, you know, he's missed a lot of time, hasn't played a lot uh, because of injuries. And so, and then lastly, I, I, I agree, you know, to me, 10th best guy on this list, it's Jimmy Butler. Uh, I can't put him anywhere else ahead of that, you know, so that's my list. You know, I, I, I like my list more. <laughs> now that probably sounds stupid because obviously it's the list I made, <laughs> but I have good reasons for it, right? Like I have Giannis because I do think Giannis is probably the best player in the NBA right now. Like right, right now, it's probably Giannis. And then I have Steph second because he just won the chip, right? Finals MVP. He's the defending champ next season. So I, if I didn't put him one, I'm going to put him two. I have Jokic third because, again, he's the MVP. Embiid fourth. Second in MVP. Luka Doncic for everything he did last season. He got to the conference finals, put the team on his back. Then I'm going to put LeBron just in terms of me, just more of a LeBron guy for a team than a Kevin Durant guy for a team. Um, you know, those guys got swapped and then it's obviously Tatum, then Kawhi, then Jimmy Butler. But I want to move on to the next topic on this episode. So we get some recent news regarding Robert Sarver and apparently it has officially begun, right? The sale of the Phoenix Suns, which is not something that we got any hint of possibly happening, right? Especially because he, he came out uh, during that investigation or or when it was announced that he was fined, he, he even mentioned that he disagrees with, 
you know, him being penalized and whatnot. But now we get this news, I believe it was today, where he's actually going to be selling the team now. This is actually official information, right? So from what we're reading, it looks like Adam Silver and other league officials convinced him uh, to start the sale of the team. It's just a bad look, you know? Um, and so that's what it looks like it's going to happen. So if you're a betting person, and I was telling you in the beginning when I was doing kind of like the season overview, when I was giving you the reasons to watch every team next season, well, this season coming up, I told you guys that I did that I thought there was a lot of turmoil surrounding the Suns. And now if he does happen to sell the team, you know, obviously he's not going to be around for the season anyways because he's suspended. But that, I guess, is the best news possible, especially mentally for the Suns. I was thinking that was going to be another annoying thing in the back of their head. And then, you know, just some added tension during their regular season run and postseason run. So if you're a betting person, I think the odds are going to go up now for the Phoenix Suns, knowing that the team, that the team is going to be for sale and that these people aren't going to have to deal with this guy anymore. Um, I think that they can probably have a sigh of relief, right? That he's actually going to sell the team. That's just my perspective of it, right? Just looking from the outside. Uh, but yeah, on the last part of this episode, I do want to talk about uh, some of this stuff that we're getting already. The season hasn't even started and we're already getting all these Kyrie retweets and showing up on Twitch, on live streams, uh, you know, just kind of bashing political decisions about the vaccines and things like that. Like I said, I don't, this is not a political pod or anything like that. I'm not going to include that on this basketball podcast. What I will say is that obviously I don't like the look of it and I'm not in, I'm not in the minority when it comes to that. I know a lot of people are already concerned with all the things Kyrie's doing before the season even starts. Um, I, I'm going to go on record here and say that, obviously, to me, I think that the Brooklyn Nets have the most pressure to start the season. Because if they get off to a bad start, I'm going to go ahead and predict that they're going to blow the team up. You know, we'll get the trade drama resurfacing. KD will probably want out again. Uh, they'll blow the team up, and, and we'll see that whole thing just blow up in their faces. Um, obviously media day is going to be awesome because we just want to see, you know, Steve Nash and whoever else is going to be available at media day, just kind of like acting like, like nothing happened and that everything's cool. You know, that's going to be really funny to watch. And, you know, to me, like I said, I think the most pressure out of any team going into this season to start the season, uh, it's probably a tie between the Nets and the Lakers because of that, you know, just that constant cloud of what do we do with Russell Westbrook? That's like the question that you always hear about the Lakers. And then obviously the Nets, right? Now, I do think if the Lakers get off to a bad start, it's not a situation where everybody wants out versus if the Nets get off to a bad start. You know, you have the Ben Simmons thing in there. We don't know what's going on with obviously Kyrie. We don't know what's going on with that. You know, if he really wants to stay or if he wants out, you kind of can't predict him. And then KD, obviously another unpredictable dude. You know, one of those things, man, it, this is a strange team. And it's, I feel like it's really going to depend on how they start the season off, you know, to see what happens. But that's going to do it for this episode. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Vic Lopez, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.